KP, KPC, News, Information, Culture, KPCC, California Sensibility. Hey, I'm Amy Choi. And I'm Rebecca Lair, and we are the Mashup Americans. And we were just named one of the top 10 podcasts hosted by women by Mashable. I feel cool. So, so cool. <laughs> and speaking of womanly things... The Super Bowl is coming up, Amy. um, Well, it is pretty womanly. Roughly half the viewing audience for the Super Bowl, probably the most iconic of all American sporting events, is women. Wait, quick. What what do you think about when you think of the Super Bowl? Janet Jackson. Wardrobe malfunctions. (laughs) Buffalo wings. (laughs) Oh, yum. And ads. (laughs) Oh, right. Ads. Well, let's be honest. You love ads, right? Love ads. I'm such a sucker for them. When I was little, I would only let my mom buy zest because you're not fully clean unless you're zest. Unless you're zest fully clean. clean. Oh, girl, I got you. Yeah, totally. (laughs) I also cried when my vegetarian brother said KFC does chicken wrong (laughs) because the ad said they do chicken right. And so I was like, you cannot contradict the ad. Um, Also... He can't contradict reality because KFC is delicious. That is exactly the truth. I bet I can design a perfect mashup commercial for you. Uh, give me a product. Okay, okay, okay. Um, airline. Oh, airline. Oh, girl. All right. There'd be there'd be a little girl, kind of ambiguously ethnic, but she would have big curly hair, and she'd be like outside, like playing in the grass or something, and daydreaming. She'd see a plane go by, right? And she would smile, and then the camera would would pan out into like a crowded airport. Definitely outside the U.S. Probably speaking Spanish. Speaking Spanish for sure. Okay. And it'd be like crowded the way that airports outside the U.S. are crowded. You know, just like chaotic. And and an abuela would be waiting for her. And the little girl would like burst through the crowd and into her arms. And everybody would be so happy. you just got me and my mom crying our faces off and definitely flying whatever airline that is. I think that that's the key. It's about being able to see ourselves and our best selves and like our aspirations reflected back at us because as mashups, we don't fit into a single box. So it's not like somebody can target just an ethnicity or just one aspect of our demographic. We need to see our values reflected back. Totally. And all the hyphens of our identity. So you're Korean lady, mom, wife, storyteller, entrepreneur, New Yorker, you know, all of those things are together make you who you are and individually tell different parts of your story. Of course, we're thinking so much about ads because the Super Bowl is coming up. And well, for both of us, I think it's really the Super Bowl of ads. Oh, uh, definitely the Super Bowl of ads. I mean, I don't even uh, the Panthers. I think I'm. Yeah, the pan. Go Panthers. Go Panthers. All right. Well, so to learn more about the importance of ads in the Super Bowl on Mashup America, I talked to Ken Wheaton, editor of Ad Age and an expert in all things advertising. Ken Wheaton, how do you mash up? I, I would say that despite the last name Wheaton, which despite my dad's uh, claims that it's Irish, it's English dad, if you're listening. <laughs> um, but we're actually Cajun. Uh, I don't know where that English last name snuck into the pile. But, um, you know, growing up, it didn't occur to me, you know, how weird a place I lived in. But when I started going home after college, you know, I'd go to the Zydeco Festival, and you're in a field with, 
you know, 20,000 black guys and they're wearing cowboy hats and belt buckles and cowboy boots and speaking like, you know, this weird French and playing the accordion. It's like, that's kind of a weird part of the country. <laughs> it's not like that in the rest oh, of the world. Oh, that's amazing. You know? We have parishes. We don't have counties. So why don't we start with an introduction of you? Tell us a little about yourself. Uh, I'm Ken Wheaton. I'm the editor of Advertising Age magazine. It is what I'd like to think the leading trade journal in the space covering advertising, marketing, and media. I've been at Ad Age for 15 years. Uh, part of that time, I was the ad reviewer. So I have, for quite a number of years, reviewed the Super Bowl commercials as if they were mini miniature movies. Mm-hmm. Well, okay. Well, so let's talk about the Super Bowl and mm-hmm. the Super Bowl of ads. So, I, I mean, just lay the groundwork for me. Are you, are you a football fan? Yes. I am a football fan. I'm from Louisiana. I'm a Saints fan. Mm-hmm. Um for better or worse, usually worse, although we did <laughs> finally win a Super Bowl a few years ago. So um, football, and we're, we want to make clear this is American football, yes. played by enormous men. In shoulder pads, in, with helmets, and, and it's concussions. An elongated and, brown ball. <laughs> yes. But I will devotedly watch the Super Bowl because of the ads. Okay. So that's, I think, and I actually think that I'm not in the minority here. You are in the minority. Really? I looked this up. Really? I looked this up. Um the majority of Super Bowl watch viewers, and this is a survey result, so you you never know how accurate they are, but it, I, I think it's still something between 50 and 60% still watch the game for the game, not for the ads. Stop it. Yes. I never would have guessed. Well, maybe it's just me and my circle of friends only watch. Well, it for the it's, ads. you know, and it's, <laughs> and that's. That still leaves a pretty significant <laughs> right. chunk of the – because something like 75% of the adult population of America watches this game. So that's still a significant chunk of people who are watching this just for the ads. Right. And the people who are watching it primarily for the game are still watching the ads. Right. Um, and so – okay. And so The halftime is when you go to the bathroom. <laughs> the <halftime>. So <laughs> sorry, Pepsi, but, you know, and Left, um, left Shark and Katy Perry, but – so. I, I looked up some numbers. Mm-hmm. Not being not being intuitive in football, um, there is an organization called Tides, the Institute for Diversity and Ethics in Sport. They're based in the University of Central Florida, and they put out some great numbers every year about the NFL. So with the NFL, um, you know, they there actually has been a great deal of improvement in terms of diversity um, within the players, within the hiring practices. Um, you know, sixty eight percent of the players are black, one percent are Asian or Pacific Islander, maybe that's not so reflective of the general public. One um, percent are Latino, one percent are other. And in the when you're looking at the Super Bowl, uh, they do a survey of viewers. viewers. Yeah. So Super Bowl viewers roughly reflect the American public. Right. And so you said 75% of American adults are watching the Super Bowl, one so, reason or another. Yep. Um, um, I, I think African Americans and Hispanics have lagged a little bit behind the general population. Um, the last numbers I got, I believe, for, were 2010. So it's 12 to f- about 12 million African Americans mm-hmm. watching, which about 12% of the population. So that, that evens out. Hispanics were a little bit, f- they're 16% of the population, but only about 10 to 12 million were watching. Mm-hmm. But that's inching up. Uh, Asian Americans, I couldn't quite get numbers on that. Um, yeah, me neither. I wonder why that is. I don't know. <laughs> Um, well, and so young people aren't that into the game. You, I mean, it's mostly adults 18 and over. You know, in talking and looking at the diversity of that audience, how it is, you know, mm-hmm. roughly reflective of kind of American, the American population as a whole. Do you think the Super Bowl advertising speaks to that audience? Does it, you know, historically, has it spoken well to it? I think historically, probably not. 
but I think the one thing to keep in mind is that from marketers on down, they see the Super Bowl as you know they are talking to America, so they are seeing it as a majority still white population, and they're also seeing it as you know they're unlike American Idol, which might have a young viewership, or reality TV, which might have some you know, put up with more. It's almost like. And I don't want to say 1950s America from necessarily a racial standpoint, but in terms of how far you can push the envelope sometimes. Mm -hmm. It's like you're going to go for very broad humor that you think can reach the most people, rightly or wrongly. Mm -hmm. And that's usually seen as what baby boomers, you Mm -hmm. know, white baby boomers will laugh Mm -hmm. at because they are pretty much the ones in control right now of, you know, the industry. What do you see kind of overall trending as far as, you know, Inclusion, racial diversity, religious diversity being, yeah. you know, the, what are marketers doing this year that maybe is different than they have in the past? Well, I think most of it's going to be the same. It's going to be majority white. There will be inclusion of other people mm-hmm. in there. Um, but, you know, Bud Light, it's Seth Rogen and Amy Schumer. And it's like as much as people love them in New York, I mean, those are still you don't get much wider than that. Right. You know, even if Patrice was Amy's mentor, it's like it's still, you know, she's glowing. <laughs> white. Right. But um, I, I'm curious as to, I mean, how long have you been watching the Super Bowl? I would say I remember watching the Super, like, football as a kid. I grew up outside of Chicago. Mm-hmm. So, like, the Super Bowl shuffle. Like, yes. Walter Payton. The fridge. The fridge, number 72. Yep. Like, that's where my heart really is. I remember at my parents' store, my parents ran a small business in the suburbs, and they had one of those, like, 12-inch black and white TVs with bunny ears. Mm-hmm. And maybe it wasn't supposed to be black and white, but it often that's, was because the bunny ears didn't yeah. work. And we would watch football games on Sunday. I would go to work with my dad on Sundays, and we'd watch the Bears. Okay. And I feel like that was, like – um like my my dad's like real kind of like bringing into American culture yeah. was like he adopted football. He adopted the Bears. Yeah. You know? I, well, I, I've seen that happen. If you can crack American football, you know, you can sort of crack the, the rest of the culture, I think. Um, so now that watching for Super Bowls, have any ads stood out because they were awful or because they were inclusive or just because they were <sighs> – I would say that Volvo ad, the Darth Vader. Volkswagen. Volkswagen. Yes. Damn, see? <laughs> I don't even remember. And I don't know if that was a Super Bowl ad. Yes, it was. It was a Super Bowl ad. But that little kid walking around yeah. and the dad in the back and the pressing the button and but making the car That was a, on. a brilliant example and sort of uh, manipulation in that the they were among the first to release the ad before the game. They mm-hmm. kind of kicked off the trend. They also released the ad that you saw bef- that everybody saw before the game was I think a minute or a minute and a half, so you got to see like the full emotional impact and mm-hmm. that that the one you watched a hundred times. The one in that game was actually only thirty seconds, right. but what you remember seeing the Super Bowl ad you remember seeing was actually much longer. Right. But I mean, um, I'm sure that I would still be watching that ad if it was an Asian family. Hmm. You know, when, yeah. if it was an Asian family in the suburbs with like a family sedan, it would have been my family growing up, and I would have that would have that would have been the kind of thing where I would like forward it to all my friends and. People want to see themselves reflected in popular culture, and advertising has always 
been part of popular culture. Radio, TV, print, uh, and it's there has been progress made in, in that, especially in the last 20 years. I mean, there was a time when a company like Procter & Gamble would not even want to advertise a main product in a black-owned newspaper for the fear that a white person might see, say, a bar of soap being advertised in a black-owned newspaper and be like, well, I'm not using that soap again because black it's people black use soap. it. Yes. So companies used to either not advertise in those uh, media at all or come up with a different brand to target a specific market. That is both unbelievable and so believable that it's tragic. Yeah. It's it's sort of crazy. And, you know, the flip side is it's it's not just good for, you know, self-esteem or for progress. It's smart business. Right. To target as many people as you can and to to broaden your market. Mm-hmm. I mean, we are in a we're not in a post-racial America at by any stretch of the imagination no matter what people claimed in 2008 eight, right after <laughs> right. Obama's election. But we are in an America where you can in general market advertising go beyond white people. It does drive me up the wall, you know, it's I'm from Louisiana and I I don't see it as much with race on Facebook, um, because I think people, d- despite what their true feelings are, are this day and age a little more careful about what they say. Mm-hmm. But I do see it with religion. And despite this country being overwhelmingly Christian and we, you know, public schools get Christmas off and all of, you know, all of this, you see that sort of Trump strain of paranoia and for, from a man especially who isn't really a Christian by any stretch of the imagination. <laughs> right. You see it through Facebook that these people feel like any half inch you give to like educating kids about Islam or even Judaism it's like oh my god our Christian values are under attack and it's like you still run the country (laughs) you know so you can't put the Ten Commandments up on the courthouse square you still run the country right the Coke ad from two years ago I think it was the same Super Bowl that Mm -hmm. the yeah America's beautiful the minute you throw Spanish in there because it's immigration is a hot button you know people will start freaking out I don't I don't and I think there's a certain strain of American who was much more freaked out by the Spanish being used in America the Beautiful than seeing Muslims in that ad. Like, Really? Really. I, I believe that wholeheartedly. It's like, you know, terrorist, I know how to wrap my mind around, but <laughs> singing that song in Spanish, that's all right, Coca-Cola. No me gusta. You're, uh, you're trying to shove down this progressive liberal coastal elite message down my throat. And right. I'm not having any of it. But most of them are the equivalent of a guy getting hit in the junk buy a ball and right. people oh my god that's the funniest thing in the world right and that cuts across all racial right. but it's almost like you know action some of your dumbest american action movies do well abroad because you don't need to understand the language to get a kick out of the explosions right. there's not and, like cultural subtlety being right. at yeah. play here it's, well so i think you know the the idea like the convergence of the super bowl mm-hmm. and its influence and it's it's i think reflection of america as a whole it becomes this kind of like potent brew yeah. where we, whether we think about it or not, get so excited slash incensed at what happens, and that becomes yeah. national conversation. Yeah. Well, you know, it, it it is a progression, and it you know, it, I think we all the idealistic parts of us want to, we want everything to happen, and we want everything to happen now. I mean, I've been at, at age. 15 or 16 years and the when Bob Garfield used to write about he used to he started the ad review and he would write the Super Bowl ad reviews I remember when he had I want to believe it was uh 
Terry Tate, office linebacker. That was like one of the first, I think, Super Bowl commercials where a a black man featured prominently and it wasn't a celebrity. Mm-hmm. No, because you had Ray Charles and you had the athletes and you had mm-hmm. Michael Jordan. But this was just like, it was a character mm-hmm. who happened to be black. As profits increase, the margin reaches a second break-even point here, after which enterprise falls into loss. Any questions? You know you need a cover sheet on your TPS reports, Richard. That ain't new, baby. Hey, Janice. Hey, Janice. You know, those little things, I think, do matter. You know, the, the Coke thing, you know, sometimes it's weird. It takes a a soda company to make some sort of weirdly progressive message. Right. And, and that, you know, and again, it wasn't progressive. It was just like sort of inclusive. It was sort and of putting the, the ideals that America is supposed to hold up mm-hmm. front and center. Mm-hmm. And some people got mad. Then, well, you know, that says more about you than anything else. Right. Now, that said, I do think this year, the it's funny, the only ad we've seen so far has been an ad for Pokemon, which mm-hmm. is like, I didn't know Pokemon still existed. <laughs> but, but the ad is... Beautiful. It's beautiful. I, it starts out with an Indian kid. There's a mm-hmm. Japanese kid in it. It's you know, it's very global in nature. You know, it's not it's not preaching, it's not any, it's just like, you know. No, it's it's about Pokemon. Little kids yeah. getting pumped. Yes. Do you have a favorite ad? I'm, I'm Do you like to... the horses? I like the horses. And here's the here's the problem with the horses. And Budweiser has tried to get away from the horses twice in the last, and they're, I don't think they're doing horses this year. Really? But the one people lo- oh, that's an ad that I remember where the guy has raised the horse, and then they're and the separated, puppy, and, and then they yeah. go, oh my god, yeah. Yeah, no, <laughs> people love those ads, and they get pissed off if Budweiser doesn't run, run those ads. Right. These people don't drink Budweiser, and they have no intentions of buying Budweiser. So Budweiser's in a tough spot where they're like, right. You know, a few years ago, the only Clydesdale. In the Super Bowl, what they they weren't stars of the ads. They were literally just dragging a, <laughs> a, a cart during a, a Western themed, uh, you know. And Budweiser didn't hear the end of it. And I, they said this year they might not do it. But it's just sort of, you know, what are you going to do? Because you you reach a point in your Super Bowl advertising, you know, history where people expect things from you. They expect Clydesdales from Budweiser, and they expect something emotional and moving from Coke. And if you don't deliver it. You're going to be raked over the coals. I do remember the worst Super Bowl ad of all time, if you want to talk about race, yes. race and diversity. Yes. Do you know where I'm going with no. this one? Just for feet. It was a 98 or 99, I believe. And this, this is already sounding bad. Um, <laughs> and this featured a um, gang of safari hunters in a Land Rover, Range Rover, driving across Africa. I am shaking my head vigorously. Tracking down a sort of like I guess a Kenyan runner or something. No. Who was running bare feet and no. they shoot him with a tranquilizer. No. And put shoes on his feet. No. Yes. Oh my god. Yeah, you should Google this. I think uh, this was in the Super Bowl. Yes. And I think Bob Garfield, the uh, ad reviewer at the time, if you Google it, he he he's written about it that he actually. And he'd never done this before. He reached out to everyone involved before the game saying, you probably don't want to run this ad. No. no. And they, <laughs> they did it anyway. <gasps> caused a huge stink. Um, and for, I, I think at one point, the company sued the agency. And they, it was just like. Well, I really hope that there were. Um... You can only find very low res versions of it now for obvious reasons. No one's out yeah. to brag about that one. But. Well. If Super Bowl 
2016, if we make it through without hunting down <laughs> African runners and yeah. tranquilizing them, I I'm gonna call it a success. Is that that's a pretty low bar? Yeah. Well, you know, you know? we're 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 sh- <laughs> the bar has been set apparently. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much, Ken. I really appreciate it. Uh, this was fun. Happy to be here. That story about the Kenyan runner ad, it makes me crazy. This is like, it makes the Taylor Swift Africa nostalgia video seem like a genuine celebration of diversity. Speechless. There's nothing to say about that. So crazy. (laughs) On the plus side, we've come a long way, right? Uh, Go Panthers! Go Broncos! (laughs) All right, well, next time on the podcast, we talk dating and relationships and love with some pretty fun guests. We also share some of the maybe a little bit racist dating advice from our immigrant parents. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, we love our parents, and we love love, and we love you, our Mashup family. Thanks for listening to the Mashup Americans, our new podcast all about hyphen America. If you want more, subscribe to our weekly roundup of news at mashupamericans.com slash newsletter. The Mashup Americans are me, Rebecca Lehrer, And me, Amy Choi, and our show is produced by American Public Media and Southern California Public Radio, KPCC. We're also supported in part by an award from the National Endowment for the Arts on the web at arts.gov. Besos. Popos.